Hello and welcome to Beyond Japan, an interdisciplinary podcast that looks at the broad reach of Japanese studies from within and beyond Japan. This podcast is brought to you by the Center for Japanese Studies at the Sainsbury Institute for the Study of Japanese Arts and Cultures, in collaboration with the University of East Anglia. I'm your host, Oliver Moxon, Project Support Officer at the Sainsbury Institute and researcher of Japanese war heritage. This week we are joined by Dr. Ryoko Matsuba, lecturer in Japanese Digital Arts and Humanities at the Sainsbury Institute, to discuss the digitization process of cultural artifacts. Ryoko is a specialist on Edo printed culture, with wide-ranging experience of scanning kabuki prints and many other museum artifacts to create digital copies. As well as allowing for greater accessibility, Ryoko explains how digitization facilitates international research by broadening online resources and creating new perspectives on delicate artifacts. We also discuss the practical challenges and ethics of digitization, as well as the details of a technical workshop at the Sainsbury Center for Visual Arts being held this week as part of our short talk intervention. For more details on the short talk intervention, you can revisit our short talk mini-series, episodes 32 through 34. We hope you enjoy the show. Good afternoon, Yoko. Thank you for joining me on the show. So, first of all, we'd like to know a bit more about you. Can you tell us about your area of expertise and how your interests have brought you there? Okay. At the moment, I see myself as an art historian working on popular printed culture in the early modern period. But as an undergraduate student, I studied Japanese literature. I was hoping to study modern Japanese poetry, but later completely changed my subject area. My first supervisor at Rismegan was Professor Akamaru, who was a core member in establishing the Art Research Center at Rismegan University, which opened in 1999, the same year as the Sensory Institute was established. Art Research Center's core project has been digital archiving from the very beginning. When I was a first year undergraduate, Akama Sensei asked a few students to work part-time to help his project for the new Art Research Center, and I was one of them. I helped to scan old photographs, digitize old Kabuki performance previews, and do data input for modern TV program scripts. That was my first experience learning digital archive techniques. While I helped with the digitization of theatrical materials for Kama Sensei, I began to be interested in the relationship between Kabuki images published in printed materials, for example, illustrated playbills and actor prints and performance itself. My PhD dissertation was a pictorial analysis of Kabuki performance in the early modern period. While I was postgraduate student, Professor Akama started to digitize museum collections, beginning with the V&A Museum in 2004 and the British Museum in 2007, and later the National Scotland Museum and other local museums libraries, and private collections in the UK. So we expand the digital archive project outside of Japan, starting with UK Japanese collections. 
I have been a core member of this LC's digital archiving project since 2004. Digitization projects also enhance international environments by making research materials digitally available. At the British Museum, they have been keen on collaborating with specialists in Japan. ALC started the digitization project in 2007. ALC has joined the international exhibition project at the British Museum, such as the Shunga exhibition in 2013, Hokusai exhibition in 2017, and Manga exhibition in 2019. While I conducted the digital archive project in the BM, I also had the great opportunity to be a part of curatorial teams for these exhibitions. So this experience and running digital archiving allowed me to come to the UK. Great. So let's start with the basics then. When an item is digitized, what exactly does this involve in terms of the people involved in the projects, the equipment used, and the amount of time it takes? Yes,、um, each different media requires a different archive method. When we started the project, we digitized the most accessible materials, for example, single sheet gear prints, because it's easy. <laughs> so、um, they are very flat. The important thing is to make digital reproductions for researchers is that the digital data should convey all the essential elements needed to research the objects. For example, I said ukiyo-e prints are very, very flat, but sometimes they are actually not. The design sometimes has embossing, additions of shiny mica. Kirazuri, or the use of specific pigments. These elements would be a clue to identify the production date or artistic invention of the design. If you are a researcher, you don't want to lose these elements from digital images. We use glass plates to make the object completely flat, so not to distort the shape. And sometimes we use specific lighting to highlight special printing effect. Our team are not professional photographers, but are actually researchers and students. We try to come up with the best way possible to record object information and details. In terms of the time, it also depends on the media. And probably the person's experience. But normally we can take 300 to 400 single sheet prints and 20 to 30 illustrated books from cover to cover in one day. One camera requires two people, one photographer, and a person who checks the result and renames the files. If we can have two workstations and four people working, so we can take twice as many images in the day. That's very impressive. As I understand it, you have gone about digitizing the archives of such institutions as the British Museum and the VA. I'm sure digitizing entire archives is well beyond the, the scope of 
projects. So could you tell us by what sort of criteria or under what circumstances an artifact would be selected for digitization? Mm. So ARC started working on the digital archive project with the BM from 2007, as I said earlier, and provided opportunities for young researchers to join the project. I benefited from this. We started off digitizing collection containing flat object, as this was the best way to complete the project within a few years. We completed photographing the 12,000 ukiyo single sheet collection at the Miem in 2009, and then moved to this day, the museum's illustrated book collection, which holds over 1,000 titles, around 300 volumes. This was a bit harder to complete. <laughs> we have been conducting many different research projects and try to find funding sources to continue the digital archive at the British Museum. In 2010, I was seconded to the Japan section at the British Museum to support the Shunga exhibition, but actually I was mainly working on digitizing illustrated books. Though I wasn't able to finish them by the time my contact ended, then I was awarded the JSPS Postdoc Fellowship in 2011 and came back to the BM to complete photographing the book collections. I also conducted an intensive digital archiving workshop with local students for six weeks in 2012. Then finally, I completed digitizing most of books in 2014. The project is still ongoing, and we cannot say for sure when we will finish, when we will be able to finish. In most cases, we are trying to get funding so we can make a plan for how long the project will take and how many people we can invite. Also, more importantly, we have to show the research outcomes as um, evidence of outputs. So, in order to continue the project, we have to do digital archiving as well as research together. This is something that is very important to maintain project sustainability and allow it to continue. I see. So, when you're doing one of these projects, is it the case that there's rarely a fixed end date? Is it left open-ended until it will be completed or as far as funding will allow? Yeah, so because this funding um, allows us to continue to have some uh, fixed term, but we can make a plan how many we can design within this funding term, then we make a plan. But so during we are doing this, we can also do some specific project, for example, exhibition or workshop, then we can make a, another plan to moving forward. So this is something we continuously um, doing and seeking the funding sources to continue the project. So what for you was the most interesting or challenging item you were involved in digitizing? Among 2D objects, uh, which is quite flat, I would say the super large Surimono diptych print mounted on one large paper frame 
we needed to buy a huge glass board and bring it to the museum. The big painting screens are also always a bit challenging. We have not digitized modern prints collection, such as the artist Onchi Koshiro. The modern prints are sometimes quite large. Um, we need to think about what the best method for digitizing these might be. Um, for 3D objects, lacquerwares, for example, are the most challenging. They are very shiny and the lighting is very tricky and there are many size variations. In the future, I'm hoping to come up with the better ideas. But also, we need to make sure all equipment is looked after properly and secure. Once our team was in Italy, and we brought a Japanese extension cable and connection adapter. But the Japanese cable had a lighting protection. So when we connected to the cable, the different voltage in Italy it completely shorted the cable out. Oh, no. It was very, very horrific. And another time when I traveled to Holland on my own, I found my glass board was broken. And following them, when I went to Germany, I broke my laptop display. I made plenty of mistakes when I was learning method for digitizing. It was horrific, but I learned a lot from these experiences. Sure, yeah. So let's turn to the technical workshops you've organized at the Sainsbury Center. What items are we looking to digitize there? And what does digitization mean for how people interact with these artifacts? Yes, um, we are digitizing painting hanging scroll from the collection at the Sainsbury Center. Sainsbury Center has a beautiful gallery space natural light comes through from the large windows. For these light sensitive, sensitive objects, like Japanese paintings and prints, it is not always possible to display this artifact on permanent display. So we are trying to make a digital images of these objects to make them more accessible. I see, could you um, go into detail about some of the items in particular we were looking at digitizing? The Stansbury Center has around 35, six hanging scrolls and hand scrolls. So this is kind of like the painting, but also mounted as a hanging scroll. So we, you, if you are in Japanese traditional houses, you might have some space to hanging this hanging scroll in your room. So in this case, because it's hanging scroll, it's mounted and we need to set up a very specific equipment to digitize them. But Sensibly Center's hanging scroll collection is relatively a standard format. We don't have any like big size or very small size. We have great standard size of hanging scrolls in the collection. This time we digitize mainly the subject of Buddhist theme, because uh, we are planning to have some small exhibition 
at the Sainsbury Center. They called Faces of Faith. So probably Ori can talk about it more than <laughs> <laughs> me. Um, so it relates um, this exhibition, and we try to create the digital data. And it's great to show some more like pictorial elements together with some other Buddhism sculptures and 3D objects, and how people can enjoy this artifact in the in their room or in their space or temples yeah definitely i think it's just great that these very light sensitive artifacts which normally can't be shown to the public will be accessible to so many people and on that point who do you expect will be engaging with these digitized representations of hanging scrolls and that kind of thing yeah so the digital images is only available on your display or on your device. But in other things is people can access these data at your home or everywhere. So we can make the object accessible for wider audience. So we are hoping to invite more younger generation who can explore the website easily. But also, it will be a very good um, education resources for someone who wants to study the Japanese subject in the future. Or some of the student is trying to create some web exhibition. So in this case, we can link some information together, not only explain about object, but we can also link to some other artifact or places or people. Some linking information is a great development by utilizing digital resources. And we are hoping to develop this idea in the future. Great. So creating high quality digital copies of cultural artifacts seems like only a good thing, but are there any ethical issues that need to be considered in digitization? Hmm. Um, some people express their concern that by creating digital reproduction of cultural artifact, the digital data could accelerate the production of fakes. Some museums have controlled the quality of digital images, so the fakes and reproduction cannot be uh, made easily. In fact, I have come across a publisher trying to publish a book using museum collections images, which took a photographs and tried to publish the book without asking permission. These can be serious issues, but I do not think this harms the original object value or the legitimacy of digitization at all. Enhancing public accessibility gives greater benefit than strictly limiting the publication of digital data. Some scholars are concerned that students only see digital materials, but not the actual object. We have to develop new connoisseurship skills for understanding these digital artifacts. For example, the ability to distinguish fakes and original from digital images. At the same time, we also need to value 
and provide opportunities for young researchers to handle and experience actual objects while we are conducting digital archive projects. Understanding object ownership is also important. The ownership right of modern artifact needs to be considered differently. Even in terms of digital reproductions, I think it is very important to enhance our digital literacy for the future educations. Yeah, definitely have to agree with you there. Well, thank you for answering all of my questions, Ryoko. Before we finish the episode, could you share with us what other projects you're currently working on? I am continuing digitization project in UK. I'm really looking forward to working with our students at UA to enhance our digital archiving skills and explore a new way of utilizing digital resources. For the future digital humanities project, I am interested in learning about the automatic creation and interrogation of metadata for large numbers of digital images, and also hope to create a new wiki platform which has digitally enabled participation, image matching search, and AI integration of searching similar images. Also, I am interested in blockchain technology, like crypto art, how we can use this for cultural artifact. Obviously, so many things to learn, and I know I cannot do this without collaborating with others. I'd like to expand our networks to enhance our interdisciplinary approach to Japanese studies at UEA, having interactive dialogue with teams who have very different expertise. So when I entered the first year of undergraduate at Ritzmaker University in 1998, the internet had only just been introduced a few years earlier, around um, 1995. We started to use emails in the university but the platform was not nearly as sophisticated as it is now. Mm. Being a university student from 1998 to 2008, and also helped to digital archiving project, I have seen the drastic shift in the digital environment. Digital tools like PC laptops and digital cameras have rapidly updated and improved while I'm working for digital archiving project. For example, and the iPhone smartphone was only invented in 2007. So these digital tools have changed our communication as well as the way in which we conduct research and the infrastructure surrounding it drastically. Since last year, this pandemic has brought us into a new phase. It has been highlighting the importance of discharging cultural artifacts. I am looking forward to seeing how we will design our future research environment differently using 
digital technology and resources. Well, it sounds like you're certainly going to be very busy with all your research projects. Thank you, Udoko. It's been a pleasure having you on the show. You can find a link to Udoko's research profile in the description below. Next week, we'll be joined by Professor Nicole Roumanier, Research Director at the Sainsbury Institute and a Professor of Japanese Arts at UEA, to discuss Exhibiting Japan. Nicole has curated multiple exhibits at the British Museum, including their permanent Mitsubishi Gallery, as well as temporary exhibits such as the Manga Exhibits and Crafting Beauty in Modern Japan Exhibits. As we gear up to a summer of Japan-related exhibits at the Sainsbury Centre, this episode explores the challenges of presenting another nation's culture, both ethical and practical. We hope you'll join us then. Thank you for listening.